if you start focusing too much on one another, you're forgetting about outside threat. And That's the news from RTHK. RTHK. Another episode of The Week on 3. I'm Christy Lai. Hope you are all having a wonderful start to the weekend. If it's your first time joining me, I have lined up some of the most fun and interesting interviews from the past week here on Radio 3. Let's start today's program with something that we have might been guilty of, especially during the pandemic. So during a time when the pandemic first started, a lot of us began to stay at home for longer periods of time. Unlike a lot of digital natives, we are addicted to our devices and the internet. Corners of the internet, such as online shopping platforms, are what I call Pandora's box. Because once you've been on those sites, there's no turning back. Because impulsive buying kicks in. Some people call it retail therapy, but I call it my wallet is shrinking and is crying for help. In all seriousness, there are studies saying that during the pandemic, Consumption rates have skyrocketed, and especially here in Hong Kong, consumption rates have gone up by 4% year-on-year. To tell us more about retail therapy, Radio 3 producer Yuki Zhang spoke to Sadia Usmani to help us understand more about this phenomenon and ways we can minimize the after-purchase regret. So basically, it's just during the pandemic, I know everyone is stressed and people are stuck at home, so I'm just thinking what ways that we can make ourselves happy. And the only thing that I thought of is shopping. I've, <laughs> I've got a few items in my shopping bags still haven't checked out, but I'm already feeling happy. So to bring in the numbers, um, there is a research in America saying that 72% of their respondents said they bought something impulsively during the pandemic just to help leave their mood. And then I think the average spending monthly on impulsive buying is like about one thousand five hundred Hong Kong dollars per month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so okay. apparently, and also in not not just in America, in South Korea, online shopping rose eleven point five percent in January two thousand twenty two, just from a year earlier. Mm-hmm. And also in Hong Kong, you also see retail sales rose four point one percent in January. So I guess that's some sort of a trend that people tend to shop just to relieve their sadness from the pandemic. Mm. Well, I can understand that, but it's interesting because I suppose it's it's relieving anxiety and making you feel good for that moment in time, but only on the basis that you have the money to be able to buy. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. And I guess that's the only thing that can go wrong with shopping is that you don't have enough money or you don't have cash to check out. Because I think there was recently an article in um, in SCMP recently just saying that actually the research said that, well, yeah, retail therapy works really well and it does make you feel happy. But as long as you know that you've got money in the bank <laughs> to be able to pay for it, yeah. you know, at the end of it. But actually, interesting enough, I read another article online. It says that it... It's actually it actually makes you happy even before you purchase something. So it's the moment that you're browsing, um, your window shopping that actually produce dopamine for you already. Mm-hmm. So actually, you feel happy even if you're just looking at stuff or just okay. walking. Uh, so you don't or, necessarily need to buy. Them. Yeah, you don't actually. Yeah, but that's but, good. Yeah, I but, like window shopping. Yeah, yeah, as long as 
as long as you don't create a kind of desire in yourself when you are shopping where mm. you think, oh, I need this badly. <laughs> <laughs> I have to buy this. I'll just sell my shoes. I'll sell everything else. But I get this. So as long as you're not kind of throwing yourself into any kind of risky situation. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't know, I read somewhere recently that um, you should actually, before you make a purchase, a reasonably big purchase, you should wait 72 hours. Now, Yuki, oh. can you seriously wait 72 hours if you see a really good pair of shoes or something nice? No, and almost, and mostly all the deals will be expired in like 24 hours <laughs> or gone. like 12 hours. Yeah, It'll be gone. So I, I think it's very hard and that, that tempting feeling that you feel when you see something, I think it's just very hard to resist. I think now when I grow older and then I got the ability to earn money and I've got savings in my bank, it feel it makes you feel like oh you've got some you've got money to spend and mm. then you're now powerful or you can now buy whatever you want. Your mom doesn't check to tell you <laughs> anymore. The so, other thing is is the is the whole voucher scheme here in Hong Kong now. Now is that does that make you feel thrilled? Yeah, that, that is exactly the point where I wanted to get awards because, oh, I've got $5,000 oh, banking in April. Yeah. What should I get? I, I'm already making a list. So I think, <laughs> but yeah. that is the idea behind it, though, isn't yeah. it? I mean, if you're going to go and put it in your bank and not do anything with it, that's not really what it was aimed at doing. It was really aimed at sort of getting money out there and getting things moving in retail and things like that. So that that's quite a kind of give. I mean, I don't get that because I, I'm not. I've not been in Hong Kong long oh. enough to get that. So I feel a bit. Mm, that would have been quite missed fun. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I missed out. So 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 your watch is still on on the cards then. Yes, now it's still in the card, and I'm still browsing. Okay, and I, I, I think I shouldn't do that. Good. So what pointers would you give then? What advice would you give? Is there any advice for anyone? I think it was just um, think twice or three times before you oh, get 72 it. 72 hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, me and my friend actually got a tactic. So usually when I go to shop with my friend, I will ask her which to get and then she will say A. And I was like, mm, but I like B more. Then get B. And I was like, mm, B is not that good either. And that's the point that I know that I actually don't like the two items yeah. in front of my hand. So I think that's sort of my little trick, just to think about your feelings after you get the products or yeah. think about, oh, will you actually use it or not? Or will, will it just be put on your shelf or something? I think that's my little tip. Yeah, I think that's it. You've really got a question. Okay, if I don't get this, um, how am I going to feel? Can I survive? Can I Can I still live? <laughs> you know, is it like I, I, I won't kind of suffer in any way mentally or physically if I don't get it? And I think it's just perhaps, you know, 72 hours may be a wee bit excessive, but certainly if you just kind of question yourself a little bit and as you said, like maybe ask somebody's opinion on it mm-hmm. because what, how we see it, and and it's amazing how many times you may actually get something and then you look back at it and you just think, it wasn't that great anyway. Why did I do that? Yeah, but I, I mean, sometimes when you buy something cheap, then it's okay to regret. But then if it's a big sum of money or if like it's a fancy bag, then I think just think mm. three times mm. or like five times. And that was Radio 3 producer Yuki Zhang speaking to Saudi's Money on Thursday's 123 show. Speaking about the internet, if you are a digital native like I am, you'll notice that K-pop or Korean pop is popping up everywhere. 
and it is amazing to see how music brings people from different corners of the world together, united, and sharing their love for their favorite bands. Groups such as BTS are earning international recognition for their talents and extremely catchy tunes. They were once a small group from a small company practicing in a dance studio underground. And nine years later, the seven-membered group have now earned 25 Guinness World Records and won over 400 international awards. Students Ted, Toby, Haley, and Hazel at Kuntong Government Secondary School shared with Alison Howe their thoughts on the global sensation and how local music scene in Hong Kong is similar to that. K-pop, I'm pretty sure everyone on earth already knows about this dominating trend. At least I know that all the girls in my class are head over heels with Blackpink and BTS. But well, like I said, I'm a very new fan. Uh, about eight, mo- eight months ago, I got into K-pop and it didn't take long for me to get hooked to it. And at first I was very puzzled, mostly by their style, because it seemed so alien and yet so familiar. Then I figured out why. It's because K-pop is a mix of many different styles, and it also focuses a lot on visual effects, unlike other music genres. And that is why the, the reason why K-pop has some of the best MPs in the world. And I really like their flamboyancy. Right. So you started with getting to know the Blackpink, you know, yep. the BTS kind of big super mega stars. Yeah. Do you have a favorite of your very own choice now? Well, for now, I guess I will stick with Blackpink because a lot of my friends, are, they prefer Blackpink over BTS. But my favorite song is actually the first K-pop song that I've ever heard, which is Maria, eight months ago. Oh, wow. Awesome. All right. I'm going to put you to a test right now and see how well you know Blackpink. Who's your favorite member of Blackpink? Uh, Lisa. Really? Yeah. Good, good, good. Cool stuff. Thank you, Toby. You mentioned BTS. I don't know, Hazel, you're a huge fan of BTS. Yes. All right. Tell us all about BTS and what do you like about them the most? Um, I I think um, BTS is one of my favorite K-pop bands because their music is uh, differs from other K-pop songs, which are primarily about love or partying. However, we can find some socially relevant topics in the music of BTS, such as mental health, LGBTQ rights, and women's liberation, which BTS aim to change the world with their music. I'd recommend a song called So What? which is about calling out people struggling with life to follow their dreams without fear. Seriously, check it out. You'll fall madly in love with those handsome faces and their incredible talents. I can tell that you get emotional when you start talking about BTS. I feel the love. I feel the love. I mean, the world really only started to get to know about BTS when they broke the American records, right? You know, they're on all the late shows, they're on Grammys, they're on like all the big stages and Dynamite would be a great introduction to everybody. I don't really speak Korean, so I'm not 100% aware of what the lyrics are about, but thank you for enlightening us. I will check it out and go, you know, do some Google Translate right there. Um, but I do feel that they have a lot of positivity. You know, they are very optimistic with their music. They're very, you know, very bright. You know, I, I love that vibe from BTS. Now, my question for you all is that looking back onto the local music scene, we see a huge influence of K-pop bursting out here in Hong Kong. I mean, from Mira to Caller to all of these super groups and even having Anson Lo picking up a Mama Award. 
How do you guys feel about that?、Um, well, of course, K-pop being popular is to be expected, and but at the same time, you have to remember the fact that they didn't just blow up out of nowhere, and there's actually hard work behind them. Unlike what most people think, because it's so popular, there's a lot of competition between many K-pop bands. On an average, there's about 500 groups that appear every year, but only a handful really succeeds. And that is in that year. It, whether they can continue being successful is still up to debate, and it's not it's not easy to actually be successful all the way. Like sure, Blackpink and BTS is very successful now, but they won they won many awards. But do you really think they'll be continuing that way? Of course, I'm not saying that they are not good. I, I, of course, I think they're really, really good. But then again, they're they're currently the dominating trend. But I really, really hope that since they're so good, I hope they'll stay on the trend and not disappear like many other once famous right pe-、uh, groups. Just because competition so fierce. Yeah, it's so unfortunate.、Really. Yeah, right. Hazel, you were saying. You're just saying Ansel winning a a Mama Award. And as a Hong Konger, I'm really proud of him. Yeah, like, um, he's an artist、uh, of Hong Kong, and he can win an international award. That is really proud of. Yeah, totally. Ted, how do you feel about that? Yeah. Um. Uh, I don't really. I, I'm. I'm not really a fan of Anzalo to be honest, but I do recognize him because、uh, his billboards are all over. You know,、They're、just the, everywhere.、Um, you can you can see him like in in restaurants or in the、uh, those <laughs> those advertisements. That he's he's all over the. Yeah, he's everywhere, and、um, I I find it kind of surprising when he won that、um, Mama Award because、uh, it's. It's kind of like、um, one of the most in,、um, important、um, awards for Koreans, I guess. So, so I guess winning that award must、um, must be、uh, <laughs> must be、uh, kind kind of a big step to Hong Kong、yeah. um, popular culture these days. So, yeah, I'm I'm very proud of that. Yeah. Nice and Haley. Um, for me, um, I'm I'm pretty proud that um, I um, Mira and Color are、uh, getting、uh, such a great、uh, big fandom in Hong Kong. But I think I hope that in Hong Kong, because in Korea,、um, the reason why K-pop can really get into trend and many、uh, everyone know them is because there are different platforms for them to perform. So whenever、um, they release a new song, so they will have a platform to、um, share their songs and perform on stage. So it's a way to let people know. But I think Hong Kong、um, is still lack- lacking a place for them to show what they got. So、um, I really hope、uh, such an amazing、um, group like them can have more chance to show. Show themselves so they can gain more fans and yeah. Students from Kuntong Government Secondary School speaking to Alison Howe on the common room. If you enjoy exercising outdoors, you'll have to wear a mask due to the recent anti-epidemic measures. Wearing a mask while working out or working outside in general can get quite stuffy. 
and since the weather is getting warmer, the chances of people getting a heat stroke might increase. To help us choose the right mask for outdoor activities, Dr. Shirley Ai, Associate Professor at the Department of Rehabilitation Sciences at the Hong Kong Polytechnic University, and Dr. Winston Young, Principal Consultant of the Occupational Safety and Health Council, spoke to Jim Gould and James Ockenden on their latest research and taught how consumers can choose the right mask that fit their needs. So basically, this project aims to investigate how different types of masks may affect the physiological responses of the wearers during the physical uh, demand work, for example, exercises or work in a simulated environment or outdoor. And basically, we, we have done three phases for this study. In the first phase, we compare the different materials, like the uh, melblon type of um, face mask and also the nanofiber type of face mask using the high delta P comparison. And because uh, nanofiber, um, they only have the high delta P um, mask available in the market. So Can you just explain, sorry, kind of just explain what delta P actually is, because uh, our listeners may not know. Sure. So actually, uh, delta P is the differential uh, difference, which is measured the pressure drop across a surgical mask material and determines the resistance of a surgical face mask to mm. air flowing through it. So the lower the delta P, um, the more uh, easy the people will breathe with this one. So they feel more comfortable, uh, basically. So uh, we compare the um, different type of the delta P of the mask and then to see how it will uh, affect the, pay, uh, the wearer's um, physiological response. We also compare whether or not the use of the face mask bracket uh, that is placed within the mask, that will also affect the, pay, um, the people's breathing. And we are also testing about whether or not the usual surgical mask that is a flat surface, compare that with a 3D surgical mask, uh, 3D type of mask. Mm. So we compare this kind of work. So basically what we found is that um, when comparing um, the low delta P category versus the high delta P category, if the people wearing the low um, delta P category, they comparatively feel easier to breathe. Um, they feel uh, when when we test about the simulated work in the uh, hot and humid environment, um, in a simulated environment, they could tolerate longer excess duration when they do the manual lifting work. Um, and when we compare about the heart rate recovered, that is returning of the heart rate return to the baseline level, and those people wearing the low level um, of uh, Delta P, comparatively, they have short time to have the heart rate return back to the baseline level. Right. And uh, when we uh, compare those people with wearing the uh, same level of Delta P, that is low Delta P or high Delta P, with or without the mask bracket placed inside the um, the the face mask, it seems like the changes are not significant. Perhaps it's because uh, some participants told us that even we put they put the uh, face mask bracket inside, they will feel that even though it seems like increasing the distance between the um, face and also the mask, but still, uh, it is easy to dislocate for the, uh, move move around the bracket inside. So that may not fit their face very well, and that may feel uncomfortable when they do the work. And uh, when we do the study in the in the, in the field study, uh, come, uh, asking the uh, put, uh, inviting the participant in the um, construction field, uh, gardening, and also cleaning work, the workers mentioned that uh, they comparatively feel the 3D type of low delta P mask. They feel easier to breathe and feel better with that one. However, um, what they concern is about the price. So other than the 3D low delta P mask, they feel that um, the uh, surgical mask with the that is the flat. So this 2D uh, 
uh, low delta P masks, they also feel that it's tolerable and it's comparatively better than those high delta P masks. So that is basically the findings. Okay, okay. Well, let's uh, ask uh, Dr. Winston Yearn then from the Occupational Safety and Health Council. So, what advice would you give to the public when they're going out uh, to buy a mask if they want to exercise uh, outside? I mean, are, are the types of masks that uh, that uh, Dr. Nye was just describing are they readily available? Yeah. Uh, hello. Good morning. Uh, yeah. Thank you for your question. And our Occupational Safety and Health Council would like to suggest the users to pay attention to both filtration efficiency and the breathability when purchasing the mask. Because we found that usually the users will only look for a high protection efficiency, such as whether the mask can meet the American ASTM standard, either on level 2 or level 3. But some users, we found that they may feel stuffy or hard to breathe after wearing masks for some time. So that is why we recommend users to purchase high breathability masks with the Delta P value less than three. But and the Delta P is not on, it's not usually marked on, the, on a mask packet, is it? I've never seen that figure on a mask packet, I think. Yeah, uh, uh, yes. Uh, you, we, we, uh, regarding your questions, we, we found that now in the market, most mask packages only displayed the standard and the filtration efficiency. But we found that the value of the differential pressure, that is the delta P, is seldom labeled on the mask package. So that is why we have uh, recommendations to the mask manufacturers. We suggest them to print the information of the delta P value on the package so as to provide useful reference for the public and the employers to select the mask with the high breathability. And also we see that if the manufacturer, they can produce a mask with a low delta P and high breathability, it can also be a selling point for the consumer. So until that information is printed on the, on the packet or the box or something like that, are there any other uh, measures, uh, any other considerations that the consumer uh, could take into account when um, going to buy the right mask? Yes, when they find the right mask, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, they should. Uh, we recommend the users to find a high breathability mask mm. with the delta P value less than three. And another recommendation is that the mask should have a high protection level. Usually, um, for the standard, you will see that we have uh, uh, the mask manufacturer. Usually, they will have the marking. Say, for example. Uh, if they meet the American standard, the ASTM standard. And also, they will also have a marking, say for example, regarding the filtration efficiency. Usually we will look at two figures. The first figure is the bacteria filtration efficiency. And the second figure is the particle filtration efficiency. Say for example, if the mask meet the ASTM level two or level three, that means the particle filtration efficiency and the bacteria filtration efficiency is over 98%. So for the users, they can uh, have a clear understanding if they see uh, the marking on the package, first of all, the standard, and secondly, the filtration efficiency. And the third one is the delta P value. But we find that because now some um, most of the mass manufacturers, they did not have the marking of the Delta P on, the, on their package. So that is why we strongly recommend the mass manufacturers to pin the information 
of the delta p value on the package such that they can uh, provide a useful reference for the public and also the employers to select the mask with a high preferability. Dr. Vincent Yang and Dr. Shirley I on Backchat. To end today's program, I have a little something special for you. Thursday was St. Patrick's Day, and a happy St. Patrick's Day to all of our fellow Irish listeners. Instead of dressing up as a leprechaun, the Irish Consul General of Hong Kong, David Costello, is DJing and shared with us his favorite Irish tunes on the Morning Brew with Phil Whelan. I'll see you next week. Take it away, David. Uh, as we say, Osquega in Irish, Banatina Fela Podrick, Phil. Great to be on with you this morning. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity to promote Ireland and Hong Kong as, as you normally do for me. So, so thank you. Hey, and listen to some great music. Actually, there is some really good music coming your way. All of it, pretty much between now and 11, is going to be uh, from the Emerald Isle. And it's kind of your chance to do your, your Desert Island diddly diddly Dave thing, where it's a shamrock, a bottle of Pachin, and a, a song by Thin Lizzy or, or, or whatever. Did you have to rack your brains to come up with the playlist this morning, or was it uh, easy? Not particularly, as I just kind of dumped, I did a kind of a brain dump on you during the week in terms of kind of favourite songs, and uh, uh, the only thing I could promise you this morning, Phil, is that every time I'm on with you, normally we preface this with a kind of a... Uh, U2 is a beautiful day or no, something like that. that. No, no, no. There's no U2 today because <laughs> everybody knows U2. So what I wanted to do is just pick a selection of some stuff that just speaks to me that I like. And it's, it is a random, eclectic set of music. And, uh, and I'm hopefully uh, a lot of people will have tapped into it. So like, I mean, nothing rhymed is actually from 1970. Yeah, tell us uh, about the two tracks, you know, why, what they were and why we did them and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it's a very different St. Patrick's Day in Hong Kong, you know, so, uh, particularly with the pandemic raging, uh, in Ireland as well. I mean, mm. we're very conscious that the Ukraine situation is dominating headlines in Ireland. And we had an Irish journalist and his Ukrainian colleague killed uh, two days ago during the war action in, in Ukraine. So so these are kind of issues. So it's kind of impacting the way we can actually celebrate St. Patrick's Day. And so there's a little bit of irony in the first choice, uh, rat trap. I mean, everybody's doing rat tests these days, you know, the rapid antigen tests, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, call, I call it Rat Trap, which is an absolute classic Irish song, you know, boom, turn that through just fantastic yeah. and of course if you kind of bring the, there's a lot of kind of parallels out of you know boomtown rats was bob geldof bob geldof was very famous for live aid and band aid yeah. do yeah. you remember where you were when live aid was on i was working in a pub i just left yeah, school, but i watched I it on the Ar tv on the ceiling you know what was yours yeah i, I was in ireland watching it on tv and i said it to my daughter actually because a friend of mine who i was working with at the time went across to london for the for the concert and she's looking at me and you know my daughter's just turned 20 and she's looking at me and she said you didn't go to live aid you know and of course <laughs> it's uh, of course it's since the since the freddie mercury film has kind of uh, has come around again you know the bohemian rhapsody movie uh you know every every young person kind of of that age kind of thinks Live Aid is the greatest thing ever, you know? So, so uh, of course, it was something we took for granted. Of course, Hong Kong has its own experience of, uh, of that uh, back in 2003 with uh, with 99 to 1, which was the Anisha Mui concert in the aftermath of SARS, you yeah. know, and uh, and we're going to do, later on, we have this uh, kind of interactive event with a video, and we're going to today. use some of the music. Yeah, today, we're going to use some of the music of Anisha Mui and Fong uh, later as well, because yeah. uh, and, and that movie that was made uh, uh, just before 
before Christmas uh, and Easter, which is available on, I believe, on Disney Plus as well. There's a director's cut version, which I found very, very emotional. Yeah, because you're a real music fan. I mean, you seem to be well, well into it. So there must be a reason for a lot of this stuff. Gilbert O'Sullivan. I've got to be honest with you, David. I've never, ever heard that piece before. So tell wow, us. Wow, that's incredible. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, he's a kind of, uh, he's from Waterford, and uh, I give a shout out to my good friend Jim Thompson, who has a home down in Waterford. In fact, we've got a nice small little uh, Waterford community here where people like Dick Casey and others are around. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, so so Gilbert is from, from Waterford, yeah. and uh, and this song was released in, in 1970. It's got a powerful kind of background to it because, it, again, it was. Uh, it was kind of uh, during the Nigerian Civil War. I think he was quite moved by by images of of, of kids starving in Africa at the time. Mm-hmm. He wrote that song, you know, but nothing rhymes, you know. And um, but he's kind of got a, a, a an absolute kind of an eclectic kind of group of uh, our, our range of songs, uh, including Claire and Alone Again, Naturally, you know. Well, they're the famous ones, aren't they? Yeah, it's, lo- it's lovely to hear some B sides, if you like. So that's why yeah, I, enjoy, yeah. I enjoyed the last one. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is a powerful. I, I love it, and, and it's probably one of the most covered songs. I think is well so it's incredible that it um, it lasts you know and that's what I love about the some of these Irish kind of tunes I mean I kind of think they're kind of quite recent but when I'm kind of looking up this morning I said when was that now it's 1970s I was, five, I was five years of age at the time it's incredible how, how long ago it was you know? <laughs> let's do another one David on your list I've got Van Morrison now what do we got Ah, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, one of the great movies of this year is Belfast, you know, and I know we've got a very strong Northern Irish community here and some listening in this morning. And yeah. uh, and uh, what's brilliant about this movie by Kenneth Branagh, it's a kind of throwback to the kind of early days of the Troubles in Northern Ireland, but it's just peppered with the music of Van Morrison, uh, who, who really is one of the great icons of Irish music. So so I can't think on a day like St. Patrick, you know, you know, people will reminisce about some great, uh, great times of past. And, and we'll look forward to other great times before as well. And, you know, so I think this song, Days Like This, really, really sums up uh, kind of the mood of the moment. So, so, so uh, hit it there. Let's have, uh, Let's have a listen. Yeah. When there's no one complaining, there'll be days like this. Everything falls into place Like the flick of a switch Well, my mama told me There'd be days like this When you don't need to worry There'll be days like this 